Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 13 of Raffin' the Meatballs. Here we have Murphy Monreal, Joey Spano, Coach Raff, and today our guest is John Gerda. And Raff will always lead us off. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Uh, John is a 1965 graduate of Marquette High School. Mr. Gerda's book, The Making of Milwaukee, was turned into an Emmy Award-winning PBS documentary. He has authored an incredible 22 books. I would 20, say 23 now. He's up. up. 23 books. <laughs> I apologize. Well, while you were sleeping. Uh, I'm always sleeping. <laughs> I'd say his specialty is an infinite knowledge of the Milwaukee area neighborhoods. Mr. Gerda, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for... Uh, how did you get into the book writing business? Is it something you always wanted to do? And did you pick up any special skills in your MUHS education that pushed you in that direction? Uh, I think Market High was the first time I was kind of recognized uh, for having some writing ability. So that was, uh, was certainly formative. Uh, but I had no interest whatsoever in history. It didn't happen until after college. And I was working on the south side of a youth center called Journey House and began to do research about the neighborhood. That led to a publication, which led to one, not one job, then another, then another, another. It's 50 years ago. Wow. You know, you studied at uh, Boston College. Was that journalism also or no? Uh, English. English. Yeah, they didn't have journalism. <laughs> they didn't have paper back then? or what? <laughs> No, it was all in papyrus. <laughs> there you go. So you got your master's from Boston College after... No, I got my, my BA from Boston College yep. and my master's from UWM. UWM, Milwaukee. Yep. Historical geography. There you go. So you've been in Milwaukee basically your whole life besides that brief brief time at Boston? That's right. Uh, four years in BC and then uh, six months as a page in Washington when I was a junior here hmm. at Market High. So what do you think like the biggest and most significant changes you've seen uh, over the city while you've lived here? When I was your age, kind of growing up in Milwaukee, it was very much an industrial town. And there's been so much de-industrialization that it's uh, unrecognizable in many ways. Uh, downtown West Allis. Yeah. It used to be Alice Chalmers, now it's housing. Right. Uh, so that's been a major change. Uh, another large one is kind of the, the very large-scale replacement of, of white households by households of color. Uh, so the population has been relatively stable, but in a lot of ways, uh, a whole lot of the white folks have moved to the suburbs and in their place in the same neighborhoods, you know, uh, very largely in many sections, either black or Latino. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so I was kind of wondering, you know, obviously you grew up in Milwaukee, but did you ever think about, you know, doing more travel and research outside of Milwaukee or you know, around the U.S. and why kind of just staying here in, in Wisconsin? No, I, I've, I've gone as far as Waukesha. I've done I I, I would do some corporate stuff I did uh, something for a company in in Albany, New York Uh, Mm -hmm. but no I had never never had aspirations to be kind of a a national presence and a lot of that's convenience of being in in a hometown Uh, uh, so people on uh, friends who uh, do books and they're you know in, in Tampa or Portland. I, I, I'm in New Berlin and Brown Deer. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's a lot, lot, a lot easier. Uh, so this has always been my frame of reference. Right. Yeah. So you, uh, you grew up on the south side, yep. correct? Until you were, was it eight or nine? or Eight. And then you moved over to uh, Hales Corner. Correct. And, I, and then you went off to uh, school mm-hmm. and you live in Bayview now, right. correct? So how has that experience moving around the city uh, been for you? And like, did you have a preference on what you've liked best? Uh, being raised on the old South Side is sort of cred mm-hmm. in some ways. Uh, I have very strong memories and a strong foundation with my grandparents' hardware store on Lincoln Avenue, mm-hmm. uh, the old neighborhood around Jackson Park, mm-hmm. uh, or in a neighborhood with houses that went back to the 1890s. So those were those were formative for me. Uh, so and maybe maybe that's kind of a reverse elitism, but kind of the. Uh, 
the, the suburban you know, mm -hmm. kind of mentality was something that uh, I, I was certainly uh, was was formative, but you know, the, very different from from right. the old South Side. And what led to that change from uh, the South Side to eventually Hales Corners? My dad, uh, and this was absolutely part of the the sort of the zeitgeist, the spirit of those times back in the 50s. Right. Uh, so any South Sider who had you know, a couple of nickels to rub together ended up in, or many, ended up in Hales Corners, Franklin, uh, New Berlin, Greenfield, Greendale. You know, so that, that became you know, just populated by old South Siders. And I can recall uh, my friend's fathers, though they had uh, letter jackets from South Division or Pulaski. Right. So this was all kind of based uh, in, the, in the old South Side. And for a long time, you know, we kind of kept, on, kept ties to the old neighborhood. But then, as, as so often the case, the suburbs developed their own kind of infrastructures, and that became kind of a, their own frames of reference. And that's uh, very much the pattern today. So was Mark and I always the plan for you? Or? No, no, not at all. No. Uh, so I was... <laughs> thinking about this, uh, thinking about this podcast, and I think what Market High did uh, turned me from a, a pimply adolescent greaser to a pimply adolescent uh, preppy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of, that was sort of the, the, the major change, right. uh, because back back then, at '61, I graduated from grade school, St. Mary's Grade School, and mm -hmm. uh, it, it was sort of the '50s, a little, little bit hanging on to the early early 1960s, but it was, it was sort of that that very sort of mythologized period uh, in American history. And I, I didn't have a clue you right. know, kind of what was going on in Market High. Was, was was very much, I guess it was my, my folks, you know, th right. thinking that, uh, you know, you should go to the the best the best high school. Uh, I tested in, and uh, my brothers went here as well. Right. And you're glad you did, hopefully, right? I did, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So My sister couldn't because she was that. Girl, yeah, that, that checks out. Yeah, that would... Did she go to Divine Savior then? Or? No, she went to Whitnall High School. Whitnall, oh, gotcha. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have a question, um, like regarding the River West and Bayview neighborhoods. Do you do you think that they kind of have that that suburban feel, but yet they kind of want to be part of the city? I don't think of that as at all suburban. Uh, I think River West prides itself on racial, ethnic, economic uh, diversity, uh, so they think they're sort of the anti-suburb uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, they've become a kind of a hot neighborhood, sort of a, a cultural hotbed. Uh, Bayview as well. Uh, and some of that is sort of east side refugees, you know, uh, looking for somewhat more affordable housing, although that, that's changed. You know, <laughs> Bayview is not cheap. But Bayview, too, uh, I think sees itself very much as a, a part of the city. I've, I've, just, I've referred to Bayview as a part of the city apart from the city. Yeah, I've always, I've always kind of looked at it as like the, the young people kind of want to move there, but they, they sort of want... And I, I know you disagree with me. They sort of want a suburban feel, but yet a, the city part of it. So that's what, that's what I've always thought of it as. I used to own a, um, a tavern in um, Bayview, the White House. I had that for many years, and we'd have fancy, we had fancy the, fancy restaurant. No, it is a fancy restaurant. Yeah. Yes, um, the person I sold it to ended up not being able to get any uh, zoning done, and then sold it to the the next owner. But she's turned that into a beautiful restaurant. She put a lot of money in there and. Mm -hmm. Hopefully she succeeds with that, but that's a that's a beautiful building. But I think a lot of young young families now, their Bayview's become a little less affordable, uh, somewhat less affordable now. Now Cudahy, mm -hmm. kind of the, the next mm -hmm. the next stage out. But uh, I have a son uh, who lives across the street with his three kids. You know, so 
and when they were uh, in high school, they would say, why can't we live on the east side? Because that was sort of the hot place. Mm-hmm. And now they and a number of their friends are in Bayview. <laughs> so, so it's been, been kind of interesting. It's kind of a turnabout. Yeah, if I ever learn how to skateboard, I'm going to move to uh, <laughs> east side or you Bayview. Don't, you don't know how to skateboard? Yeah. I do not know how to skateboard. I'm you I feel like you I feel like you would. You're the type no. of guy to skateboard. <laughs> might, might be too late for that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably too late. It is Plus, for me. I can't grow enough hair now. I can't get it long enough to do it. <laughs> So, Mr. Gerda, how did you, uh, your passion for writing, how'd that emerge? Uh, instinctive, instinctual mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, I always liked reading. Yeah. Uh, and I think reading and writing are sort of obviously two halves of the same whole. Right. Uh, and I wrote for the, the Flambeau uh, periodical here, there you the, go, the, the monthly. Yeah. Not, not the yearbook, it was the, the, the newspaper. New, the newspaper. And there, was, oh. and there was always a, an annual literary issue. And gotcha. I, and I, I wrote some, some heartfelt poems that, that go. got in that that <laughs> I would probably cringe at today. <laughs> so that, that was uh, certainly a part of my, my adolescence, kind of, kind of growing into, into writing. So that, that was always an interest. Right. Yeah. And you spent some time with the, uh, the Journal Sentinel, correct? Uh, always on a freelance basis. Yeah, you know, I had a column there for 29 years. There you go. Yeah. So and then you also were on the Hotel Milwaukee radio program as well. How'd that? How was? Uh, that was fun. That, that was yeah. a lot of fun. It was, it was a weekly variety show uh, taped on Sunday, uh, and it was. I think our producer Pam Percy thought of it as sort of an answer to the Prairie Home Companion, and it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the skits were kind of. Uh, they, they, they were not Garrison Keillor cali- caliber, caliber. Uh-huh. but it, it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, right. yeah. More, more, to, more recently, it was around the corner with John McGivern. I was the, the bike riding historian for that show that ran for nine seasons on PBS. That was one of my favorite shows on PBS. I thought you guys did just a, a tremendous job on that, and I learned so much about all the local communities. I, I wish that were still on, but... You guys probably went through uh, almost every community there was. You probably were running out of communities. Oh, no, no, no. We could have another 10 years. Yeah, that Easily, easily. I love that show. You guys did a great job with that. Oh, thanks. It was fun to do, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we'll move on to our segments. So our first segment is called Mount Rushmore. So what is your top four favorite cities to be in in Wisconsin? What do you think they would start with? (laughs) Probably, I would think Milwaukee. Milwaukee would be number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and it's, uh, part of that is uh, it's, it's my hometown. It's all, also been my career. Yeah. Uh, and a town that I continue to have a, have kind of a, a great deal of affection for. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking in John Parsons' class, and somebody asked what made us unusual. And I, I, what I said was, and I believe this for a long time, was Milwaukee has a very unusual sweet spot between large and small. Mm-hmm. You know, we have metropolitan attractions, and we have... The manageability of a, of a smaller town, uh, that's not that common. That's, that's not at all uh, something that, that, that's usual. Yeah. I have a friend who says, uh, there's a lot to do here, but you can still find a parking space. Yeah, that's a claim to fame. Right. So Milwaukee, number one, uh, clearly. Uh, other towns, I, I have a lot of affection for Coon Valley, Wisconsin, which is in the Driftless area, which I've always loved. But mm-hmm. That's where my mom's from. She was raised oh, on a... Yeah. A dairy farm on a hill uh, above above Coon Valley, so that's always had kind of a, a lot of resonance uh, for me. Uh, Bayfield is another one that really stands out for me up, the, up there in the Apostle Islands. Uh, Lake Superior has been an iconic presence in my life from the time I was in high school, mm. and part of that was there was a priest here named Father John Egan, who every every year would uh, recruit a bunch of juniors, five or six. And you would be an Egan boy, 
you know, so it was a, this, this very uh, somewhat select group. And he took six, is <laughs> courageous, he took six guys on a two-week camping trip to Lake Superior uh, the summer after our junior year. Uh, and it was that, that was that was very formative, you know. So I've, I've, yeah. I've loved I've loved Superior since. We, my wife and I, my family and I now we, we have a, a small place up on Lake Superior in the UP. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. been a real strong presence. And Bayfield is is a large part of that. Uh, other cities, uh, I, I have I have kind of a soft spot for Antigo, you know, which is sort of central Wisconsin. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a town big enough to have its own daily paper, uh, but still in kind of a potato growing region and the kind of a gateway up north. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, a, and a really good small town cafe. And we, we stop there on the way up to course, yeah. uh, UP every every time we can. Yeah. Is that, is that four? Yeah, that's four. Okay, okay. I think that's one thing so you know cool about. The, uh, the state of Wisconsin is so diverse. I mean, you can drive up. I have a place up in Boulder Junction, mm-hmm. and you drive up, and obviously you have the huge cities like Milwaukee and Madison and Green Bay. But when you get up there, it just feels like it's you're completely somewhere else. You know, you got the tr- the woods and the trees, and it's just it's a different feel. And that plays out on all kinds of levels. Uh, the bedrock is different. Mm-hmm. You know, northern Wisconsin is hard rock, right. uh, igneous and metamorphic, and down here it's all sedimentary. Gotcha. There's something in the floor. The, the botanist called a tension zone between northern species, kind of running through kind of northwest to southeast through the state. So, yeah, it, it plays out, you know, really uh, on a lot of levels. Yeah, uh, the fact sure. that we have so many worlds in this this this, this one relatively kind of small, mid-sized state. Yeah, it's awesome. So I think we'll move on to our next segment. And that is our market high moment. Uh, is there a moment that stands out to you from your experience here at Market Eye as a student that kind of you remember distinctly that kind of stands out from the other ones? Oh boy, there are so many. Uh, but one that does stand out is we had an essay in English class, uh, and it was pretty simple. It was uh, to write about your window. <laughs> it was just that simple. So mm-hmm. the, the point was to be as, uh, as freeform as you could. Right. And I remember uh, I included a line looking out my window, uh, seeing people come coming from such far off and exotic places as Milwaukee. Mm. There you go. And the teacher, I forget, I even forget who the teacher was, he had me read it in class, and the whole class erupted in laughter. <laughs> that really is addictive. <laughs> 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 so it was kind of, that was, that was a real, I wouldn't say that was career setting, yeah. uh, but the fact that I, I could get a response. You know, was was a uh, say whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Words words can do this, right? Yeah. You can do this. So that was in some ways kind of a an early validation of kind of what you can do with words. Right. Yeah. And now we're on to Raf's famous segment. This is our one final thought uh, segment. A Bonnie Brickmeyer from Bayview asks Bonnie. you to exp- yeah Bonnie Bonnie Brick. Brickmeyer. Brickmeyer from Bayview. Bayview, yes, Brick, correct. Brickmeyer. She asked Sounds like you, a song. <laughs> it might be after this. She asked you to explain the origins of the viaduct pass. Uh, a lot of I'll South Siders, and I came from the South Side, we'd, I'd, we would uh, take the 35 bus. You know, So from Hills Corners, it was the 64 to the 14 to the, the, the 35. And back then, and I'm not sure how much it's changed now, uh, the, there was more than a whiff of elitism about Market High School, mm. and I suspect that may still be part of the, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of <laughs> sort of a Jesuit thing <laughs> in, in some ways. God's Marines you mm. know, was kind of yeah. the term that would sometimes be used. And the Southside kids, uh, the, the kids from St. Monica and Christ King, you know, kind of the, the West suburban uh, and 
North Shore. Right. Uh, there, there was, there was, you were made to feel, you know, if you were from the South Side, like you were just a little uh, day class. You know, you're right. kind of in, in uh, a lower tier uh, than they were. And that's where Viaduct Passes came from. No offense, guys, but my favorite uh, teams here when I've coached, we've always had kids from the South Side that have uh, had the blue collar work ethic, hard helmet on, win some championships. But you guys. Not like Tosa and Elm Grove? Not the same. Of course, you guys took care of it this year with the winning of the uh, state championship. Yeah, we, we figured it out. Yeah. yeah. So Even we we're, need, we're not blue collar. <laughs> no, we didn't need as many South Side kids. So it was all Elm Grove kids for the championship? <laughs> yeah, we had a few. Elm Grove, Tosa. Mersh from Tosa. So. Uh-huh. Are, you, are you Elm Grove? I'm Elm Grove. Yeah, I'm yeah, Elm Grove. Yeah, that, makes, that makes sense. <laughs> so, how many South Siders so That's what I mean. Uh, you have a few. You have a Latino population yeah. you did not have, you know, when I was here. Yeah. Non-existent. It's, I, we, I think Mark has done a good job of making it, diversifying their, yeah. the school and getting, you know, different types of people here for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that has been a, a thing they've been trying very hard and they're succeeding at it very well. So it's great to see. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so. So that'll wrap up the 13th episode of Rapping Falls. Right. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. Thank Lucky you, Mr. Gerda. I appreciate it, Mr. Gerda, for getting it. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it.